Welcome to the Business with Beers podcast. This is the place where we help entrepreneurs expand their business, build their wealth, and generate passive income. I'm your host, Brian Beers, an entrepreneur who's on a mission to inspire growth from everyone around me. Remember, you need to take the actions that others won't to live the life that others don't. This is a short solo episode in which I highlight some gold nuggets from a recent guest, talk about how I'm going to apply that advice in my own life, and provide some updates on my personal business and investing journey. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get new show alerts. This past week, I had Catherine Tyndale on the show to talk about advanced tax strategies for business owners. Today, I'd like to go over three of my personal favorite tax reduction strategies. Be prepared for some actionable advice. Grab a pen and paper if you aren't driving. So as a business owner, it's your responsibility to learn as much as you can about the tax code. A lot of people put too much dependency on their accountants to give them forward-looking advice. But the majority of accountants focus on the rear view, what has happened in the past, not what's happening in the future. And as a business owner, I care less about the past and a lot more about the future. The tax code is written to provide people incentives for certain behaviors. It encourages people to invest in businesses, create jobs, save for retirement, build housing, renovate properties, and develop new products. So to start, it's important to understand how taxes are categorized. The IRS breaks your income down into three buckets. You've got active, passive, and portfolio. Active is income that's produced from an activity that you have a, quote, material role in. This is your W-2, distributions from a business that you operate, royalties, consulting fees, book sales, etc. Almost every activity that you are trading time for money, for most people, this is the majority of their income. Passive income is income that you earn from an activity that you do not materially participate in. So all rental income by default is passive. Distributions from a business that you are purely an investor, not the operator, and interest earned from loaning money. These are activities where you are not trading time for money and you could go on vacation for three months and everything runs smoothly since you have no involvement in the operations. The final bucket is portfolio income. So this is income in the form of interest, dividends, capital gains, you know, from stocks, bonds, EFTs, mutual funds, and annuities. Income and losses from each bucket are contained within the bucket. So an active loss in one business can only offset gains from other active businesses. A loss in a passive business can only offset other passive gains, etc. So a passive loss cannot offset an active gain. A portfolio loss cannot offset a passive or an active gain. If you don't have enough gains to offset a loss, the loss is just carried forward to the next year. Understanding which of your business's activities are active and passive is critical. And when I say losses, I'm really referring to paper losses due to depreciation, not actually you know losing money. Depreciation is an accounting method that allows a business to expense the cost of an asset over a period of time. It applies to equipment and buildings. You know, I'm primarily going to talk about real estate depreciation, you know, on this episode. 
And by default, depreciation of a building is spread out over 27 and a half or 39 years, depending on the type of property. But a change in tax code the last couple of years allows companies to use accelerated and bonus depreciation to front load the expense on paper, taking many years worth of deductions in the first year. This provides investors with a huge paper loss, not an actual loss on their tax returns. Depreciation is a huge topic on its own, and my goal in this episode is really to get into more of the strategy of how we can use depreciation to offset other income. So to keep it simple, just understand there's a way that you can invest in real estate, either directly or through a syndication, that intentionally generates a paper loss, not an actual loss. And you can use this loss to offset other gains. So then it comes to Material versus non-material. The big domino to understand in the IRS is the definition of material and non-material participation in an activity. Anything that is material is active. Anything that is non-material is passive. And for activity to classify as material, it has to meet one of the following. Number one, you are the only entity participating in the activity. So for example, I do strategic coaching with business owners. And since I'm the only one participating, it's material business for me. The second one is you spend over 500 hours participating in the activity in a year. So for example, I spend over 10 hours a week in our Midas business. So it's it's active, it's material. Another one is you spend over 100 hours participating in the activity and other people do as well. So you're not alone, but there's other people spend less than 100 hours. A final one is that you can participate in the activity on a regular, continuous, and substantial basis during the year. So it's over 100 hours. And there's a few more based on the number of years that you've participated in the activity. And for any of these, management time does not count if compensation is paid for management to another person or a company. Non-material participation means you didn't meet any of those conditions from above. You aren't the only person participating in activity or you spend less than 100 hours a year. So if you aren't involved in the day-to-day operation of a business and it's you're just an investor, any hours related to reviewing financial statements, talking to management about the financial performance does not count. There's obviously a lot more details than this quick summary. Make sure you chat with a CPA about your specific activities and if they qualify as material, which is active, or non-material, which is passive. So how do we use this knowledge? You know, my goal is to strategically match up active losses with active gains and passive losses with passive gains. And there's a couple ways you can do this. Number one is by buying passive income. So let's say you currently invest all of your money into stocks and bonds. You're going to be paying taxes on all the capital gains and dividends you've earned since it's portfolio income. And the only way to offset those gains is to have other portfolio losses, which usually means you actually lose money. So what you can do is you can sell some of those stocks and bonds or use fresh distributions or wages that you've got from your business and job to purchase passive cash flowing assets. You could buy a rental property directly. You could go into a joint venture to buy a rental property. You could invest into a syndication that will acquire an apartment complex or a self-storage facility, or you can invest into another passive business. So let's say that you can purchase a couple passive assets and it cash flows $3,000 a month, 36 grand a year. 
then let's say one of those passive investments you made does a cost segregation on a property, which allows you to accelerate the depreciation, giving you a $36,000 paper loss. That $36,000 loss offsets all of your $36,000 in gain and your cash flow. And even though you made $36,000 like in actual money, because of the offsetting depreciation expense, you'll pay no taxes. The strategy uh, is, is you match up passive income with passive losses. The two passive activities, though, can be in different types of businesses. They don't both have to be in real estate. For example, my brother and I have recently invested into an Amazon e-commerce business, which we provide the capital, but we have no involvement in the day-to-day operations. We will spend less than 100 hours per year on the activity and act purely as an investor. The Amazon business will provide passive income, but no passive losses through depreciation since there's no there's nothing to depreciate. So to offset this, this income, we're going to invest into some multifamily syndications that will provide us with the needed depreciation uh, losses to offset all this income. My second strategy is to actively operate short-term rentals. So in the first strategy, we wanted to find activities that were passive you know, not material. With this next strategy, we want the activity be to be material. If you are actively operating short-term rentals, such as an Airbnb, then the income and losses from that business go into your active bucket. This is huge since depreciation losses from your Airbnb property can offset other active income, such as business distributions or W-2 wages. So how does an Airbnb count as an active income? you need to pass one of those material participation tests uh, by actively participating in the day-to-day operations. You know, the easiest test the IRS has is defined by spending over 100 hours per year and regularly, continuously, and substantially participating. This means that you are actively managing the property. You are listing it on Airbnb. You are furnishing the house. You do market research. You update the rates. You're collecting payments. You're communicating with guests. You're doing the bookkeeping. You're coordinating with contractors for clean and maintaining the property. The key here is that you're self-managing the property, not using a third-party management company. Anytime managing the property doesn't count if you employ a management company. So now that you've got an Airbnb business, it's active, and you can perform a cost segregation study on the property. This report done by a third party allows you to take a significant accelerated depreciation credit in year one. For example, let's say you bought a $500,000 house on December 30th. You do a cost segregation in February or so, and this will allow you to depreciate approximately 30% of the purchase price in year one. This amount of depreciation will vary based on a number of factors, so it's critical you work with some professionals when executing your personal strategy here. So $500,000 purchase times 30% gives you an approximate $150,000 depreciation credit, assuming that the business had no income for the tax year since you you just bought it on December 30th, the business will have $150,000 loss on the tax return, which can be classified as an active loss. This loss can be used to offset other active business income. So for example, if you made $200,000 through your business, your W-2 job, wherever uh, combined with your your wife, you will effectively only be taxed on $50,000 of income and you should get a pretty nice refund. The third strategy is around a real estate professional status. Traditionally, rental real estate is by default a passive activity. However, there is an exception for real estate professionals who actively participate in real estate as their primary job. 
So if you or your spouse qualify as a real estate professional based on the IRS guidelines, then everything related to real estate goes in the active bucket. To qualify as a real estate professional, you need to meet both of the following criteria. More than half of the work you do during the year is related to real estate in which you materially participate, right? You're active in it. And you perform more than 750 hours of real estate related activities during the tax year. Some of these real estate uh, activities include developing or constructing property, acquiring or converting property, leasing, operating or managing property, brokering property. So, you know, in plain English, the easiest way to qualify is you spend more than 15 hours a week, which is 750 hours a year as a real estate agent uh, and or managing your own properties. And it's your primary job, either for you or your spouse. So for me running a company full time, it's almost impossible for me to qualify as a real estate professional since you know, more than half of my time would need to be spent on real estate. This means if I work 40 hours in my job, I would need to work another 40 hours, so 80 hour work weeks to get that classification. And, you know, or I need to significantly cut back, you know, the Midas activities in my other businesses, which isn't going to happen. So the strategy many people employ is to have their spouse become a real estate professional. So if my wife, you know, independently qualifies as a, as a real estate professional, then all real estate activity for both of us gets grouped as active. So once you or your spouse gain this real estate professional status, then you go out, you purchase rental properties, either commercial or residential, you know, t- that doesn't really matter as long as you're actively involved in the property. You do a cost segregation, just like we talked about before. You get a deduction credits and these credits can offset other active income you have because this is an active business now. A word of caution, the IRS knows how valuable the real estate professional status is and people try to take advantage of it. So they will audit people. If you have another W-2 job that's not real estate related, it is a huge red flag. So it's critical that you keep a detailed log of your hours and activities in the event of an audit. To wrap it up here, you know, a few years back when Trump's tax returns got released, it showed he paid almost zero taxes. He utilizes the same strategies to have depreciation credits offset other income. With some strategic planning, you can do the same thing. Don't only rely on your accountant to give you tax strategies. Do your own research, come up with some plans. Then you can run those ideas by your accountant who can confirm if it should work as you've expected or not. Not everything that you read about on the internet is true, so you you really need that professional to help. That's all I got for this episode with Business with Beers. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate the show Drop me a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen, and make sure to link up with me on your preferred social media platform, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find all my links at brianbeers.com. And please just share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember to take the actions that others won't so you can live the life that others don't.